2: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, one of your hosts, along with James Rapine, the other one of your hosts. You can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at James Rapine. Follow us individually on Twitter and follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals for your daily updates on what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED ON to get $10 off your first order. Today, Bengals fans, we catch up on a variety of news and notes that we haven't talked about from the last week or so, ranging from T. Higgins scholarships to some political action that some of the Bengals players are taking to projections for AJ Green's season from Pro Football Focus and catching you up on the latest with regards to whether there will be in-person camps in June. After that, we're going to revisit the 2017 draft with Dane Brugler's piece from The Athletic that goes back and ranks that draft class for each team. Finally, we wrap up with taking a look at the DJ Reader comments, and Nick Eason comments about DJ Reader that might give us some hints about how Reader will be used in Cincinnati. James will join me for parts two and three of the show today, but first I'll get started with catching you up on the news. As we progress through June, a smattering of little news items come up for the Bengals this weekend going into the week of June 15th. We'll start with T. Higgins, the Bengals' second round pick, overall 33rd out of Clemson University, a wide receiver expected to be a staple of the offense going forward. Last Tuesday on Instagram announced his Be The Change Black Student-Athlete Scholarship Program on Instagram. Higgins is doing his part to be the change that he wants to see in the world by offering a scholarship program for his alma mater, Oak Ridge High School. He is asking for donations and says that 100% of proceeds will go directly to those scholarships. You can check it out on his Instagram page. He's got a link. It's a GoFundMe, the Higgins Be the Change Scholarship. It's heartening to see these young Bengals following the path of some of the great community contributions that the Bengals have gotten from their players over the years. Higgins is taking a cause close to him by raising money for black and African-American student-athletes from his own high school. Also making news, of course, was Joe Burrow when he was among over a thousand athletes who have signed on a letter of support for the Amish Presley Ending Qualified Immunity Act, along with Burrow, Akeem Davis Gaither, and Jordan Evans are current Bengals that have signed the letter, and along with those former Bengals that have signed the letter, Andrew Billings, Chris Carter, Will Clark, Jake Elliott, Malik Jefferson, Kevin Case Kavari, Russell, Muhammad Sanu, Takeo, Spikes. So, laundry list of those related to the Bengals are currently playing for the Bengals that have signed on in continued action for the Black Lives Matter movement going on in the United States. Joe Burrow is obviously the most notable of these names to be currently associated with the Bengals to sign on, and he continues to be consistent in using his platform as a very popular player in the NFL and a young a rival to the Cincinnati Bengals to fight for what he believes in. Now, moving on to some football news specifically, Pro Football Focus has issued some projections for A.J. Green for the 2020 season. They've got him down for a projected 64 catches, 981 yards, and 7 touchdowns. Many Bengals fans will think that those numbers sound low for A.J. Green because every time that he's played at least 13 games in a season he's eclipsed a thousand yards receiving and the fewest catches he's had in a season again with at least 13 games was 70 in his rookie year in 2011. However if he's not healthy for the whole year you look at 2018 for example which was two years ago when he was 30 years old. He had 46 catches on 77 targets for just under 700 yards and six touchdowns. So PFF is erring on the side of some health issues for AJ Green, I think. But if he is healthy for the full year, I think that there's no reason to not expect that we could extrapolate that production outwards, at least to be similar to 2017. He was healthy. He played in 16 games, had 75 catches for 1,078 yards and eight touchdowns in his age 29 season. So there starts to be a bit of a trend. Even before his 2018 season came to a conclusion, his 77 yards per game were the lowest that he's had outside of 2017 since his rookie year in 2011. So it's fair to say that A.J. Green will have some age-related regression, but I think if he's healthy the whole year, he should be able to eclipse at least the yardage and reception numbers that PFF is putting out. However, I would note that Green has finished three seasons in the 60s for reception, so maybe PFF is on to something there. And as he ages, if he's used less as a deep threat and more as a possession receiver, if that's the way the Bengals go, we could see those yardage totals come down a little bit too, even in a fully healthy season, especially with the depth the Bengals have at the receiver position. Finally, we have an update from the NFL on minicamps as signs were looking promising for minicamps to happen in person in June. Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network reported that that will not be the case as the NFL extended the virtual offseason program through June 26, and rookies and new free agents and veterans alike will not be able to get together. The sooner the better is obviously the case for the Bengals with a rookie quarterback, and we'll keep an eye on how things progress in July for when players return to team facilities. Coming up next, we revisit the 2017 draft with Dane Brugler, not with him physically in the podcast, but with his piece on TheAthletic.com. But James is here just in time to tell you about his favorite protein bar, the Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. James, it's a little bit early. I know you went out for lunch with some friends, but have you had a Built Bar yet today?
0: I haven't had it yet today. Usually I have it. It's my post-workout snack. Instead of doing the shakes, I, I use Bilt Bar as, as the good source of protein, low sugar. It fits your macros. And of course, if I was joining the podcast mid-podcast, it would be to talk about Bilt Bar. Look, there's a flavor for everybody, 16 different flavors. Uh, if you need to fit your macros, if you're counting calories, things like that, this is the protein bar for you. And even though it's great on macros, you don't sacrifice flavor or taste. And right now, you go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code locked on. You can save $10 off your first box. So do it. Check it out. There's a flavor for everybody. I love the mint chocolate, but they have German chocolate cake and so many other flavors for you. Builtbar.com, promo code locked on to save $10 off your first order.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
2: All right, James, I feel like this is going to be one of your favorite things to talk about, and that is the 2017 NFL draft that Dane Brugler went back through, and he ranked the best draft classes. It actually went from one all the way to 32, and it's no surprise that who's number one is the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's almost entirely because they got the best quarterback in the NFL with the 10th overall pick in the draft in Patrick Mahomes. Number two is the uh, New Orleans Saints. And I think that the Saints are an interesting one, James, because a lot of people think that they do weird stuff in the draft in the name of winning now. But this draft return for them, Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramzik, Marcus Williams, Alvin Kamara, Alex Anzalone, and Trey Hendrickson, who all play significant time for the Saints on a very good team. Of course, third is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and and here's where we might take issue with it. They've got T.J. Watt, and that's great. But I don't really think the rest of these guys are very good. And I think Juju Smith-Schuster is wildly overrated. Any thoughts on those first three? And we'll get to the Bengals pretty quick here. We're just going to go in order for the first few teams.
0: Yeah, naturally, Kansas City, they get Patrick Mahomes. I get why they're one, because he's the greatest quarterback on the planet today. I believe that. That being said, man, the Saints draft was so, so good. I mean, Lattimore falls to them. Uh, Ramsey, Marcus Williams, and then Alvin Kamara, who is arguably the best player in their draft. And they get him in the third round, a guy the Bengals loved, by the way. They just didn't love him more than Joe Mixon. Um, It's uh, not surprising at all to see them, two. You could certainly make an argument that they're one. I am shocked that the Steelers are are three here because James Conner probably like I think there's a good chance he doesn't work out in Pittsburgh and doesn't get a second contract same thing with Juju Smith-Schuster and Cam Sutton TJ Watt is really really good but is he good enough to propel the Steelers to third in this class I I would say no
2: and here's why they're not because who's fourth I think is immediately a team that should be above them because they got Deshaun Watson this is Houston Texans with Deshaun Watson Zach Cunningham being their first two picks first off you have a quarterback most important position in the NFL, they got a top 10 quarterback at pick number 12 in the draft. To go along with that, Zach Cunningham in the second round is a very good linebacker for them, who has really emerged as a very important contributor. That's two players, one of whom is at the most important position in the sport, and Juju Smith-Schuster just isn't very good. At number five is the Carolina Panthers with Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, Taylor Moten, Corn Elder, and... A guy named Alexander Arma, all highlighted in the color that indicates that they contribute to the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey, of course, the highest paid running back in football. Curtis Samuel, one of the more underrated wide receivers in football. James, I know you're one of those guys that underrates him, maybe because he hasn't had one of those big breakouts. (laughs) But remember our conversation about the Panthers, you did not like their wide receiver core very much.
0: I don't love it. I I do think it's a a tad overrated. I I, I think they were, what, fifth or sixth on the list that we talked about. But I love Christian McCaffrey coming out, and he's a stud. I mean, I think he's exceeded everyone's expectations. I, I don't really think Carolina looked at McCaffrey and thought that this was his ceiling. I mean, he is their offense and has been. And when you look back at this draft, this was kind of the, let's make sure we get weapons around Cam Newton draft. And obviously they've pivoted and things have changed for the Panthers. But Christian McCaffrey is such a dynamic talent. And he's obviously just listed as a running back. But you could list him as a slot receiver almost for how many receptions he has and how big he is in the passing game.
2: Next up is the Buffalo Bills, anchored by Tredavious White in the first round. They had a miss on Zay Jones in the second round, although many people would tell you there's still a chance for Zay Jones uh people loved his athleticism but he just hasn't been able to establish any rapport with quarterback Josh Allen in the second round they also pick up Deion Dawkins who for 63rd overall pick man I tell you what the Bengals would love to have a Deion Dawkins on their offensive line right now how well he's playing at tackle for the Bills and then Matt Milano in the fifth round but I don't see anything there that screams value to me Tredavious White very good But the rest of these guys, I I guess getting a starting tackle in the second round is pretty good. Getting a starting linebacker in the fifth round is pretty good. Number seven, another AFC North. You're sleeping on
0: Nathan Peterman, man. Come on.
2: Um, Put some respect on Nathan's name. No, thank you. Number seven (laughs) is the Baltimore Ravens. Marlon Humphrey, Tyus Bowser in the second round, and then Chuck Clark in the sixth round with Chris Wormley in the third round as another guy that has been a bit of a contributor for the Ravens. Tim Williams, of course, from Alabama, they pick in the third round. At the time, people thought that that was a pretty significant fall for Williams, and it turns out that he just hasn't been able to do anything in the NFL. I see this for the Ravens here. Marlon Humphrey, one of the best corners in the league, and Chuck Clark, a sixth rounder who just got an extension from the Ravens. Those are pretty good hits.
0: They are. They are. And obviously, it starts with Marlon Humphrey and what he's done has really changed their defense. And that's why it's a big reason why the Ravens have one of the best defenses in the game. And I know you've talked about this before. Last year, Baltimore, their pass rush wasn't that good. Right. But their defense, especially that secondary Marlon Humphrey, a big reason why they were able to have success.
2: Next up, San Francisco, mostly, I think, because George Kittle is essentially the best tight end in the NFL in the fifth round. Number nine, the Cleveland Browns. So here we have all three AFC North teams ahead of the Bengals in this ranking, not only ahead of the Bengals, but in the top 10. The Browns in 2017 added Miles Garrett, David Njoku, and Larry Ogunjobi, and Jabril Peppers part of the trade that brought them uh, Olivier Vernon right the or whoever it was from the Odell Beckham Odell Beckham, yeah you know whoever it's nobody never heard of him I I don't even know (laughs) who that is uh Miles Garrett of course is a pretty good first overall pick and will continue to be a very productive player Larry Ogunjobi a solid interior defensive lineman David Njoku though really hasn't worked out Zane Gonzalez the kicker they drafted in the seventh round really hasn't worked out So this draft class for Cleveland is really resting on Miles Garrett, Joby, and the part of Odell Beckham that Jabril Peppers returned. And you might be wondering, why are we talking about all these teams if the Bengals are so low? Well, we're almost there. The The Chargers come in at number 10 with Mike Williams, Forrest Lamp, Desmond King, among others. Austin Eckler, the undrafted free agent that is just fantastic for them was also part of this draft class. Number 11, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, suddenly relevant. Chris Godwin, now one of the better receivers in the NFL. O.J. Howard, joined by Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady. We'll see if his career can really get a jump start this year. And Kendall Beckwith, a contributing linebacker for Tampa Bay in the third round. Then, finally, James, at number 12, we get to the Cincinnati Bengals. So keep in mind, listeners, all the players, all the teams we talked about before this point the Bengals in 2017 notably drafted John Ross, Joe Mixon, Carl Lawson, Ryan Glasgow, Jake Elliott, who of course got away, Jordan Evans, Brandon Wilson, and a couple other guys that still aren't on the team anymore. Jordan Willis in the third round, he didn't work out. Josh Malone didn't work out. JJ Dealman in the fifth round didn't work out. But a lot of these players still on the Bengals team, still contributors. And I tell you, if Ryan Glasgow... Hadn't dealt with injuries, I think that the Bengals might be a couple spots higher here.
0: They might have been. And you know, and heck speaking of injuries, what if Carl Lawson hadn't dealt with injuries yeah. and, and had been able to reach his full potential? We we talk about Ross all the time, but same thing with Ross. So you can look back and I think you see the Bengals vision here. And they went big talent and and went after the the top talent and, and there were some big swings. Uh, A couple misses potentially, and obviously a couple hits as well with Mixon.
2: So Dave Brugler writes that the best player the Bengals drafted in 2017 is Joe Mixon. He said that the 2017 draft class was billed as a running back rich group with Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, and several others. But none of those have more rushing yards than Joe Mixon, who has nearly 3,000 yards through three seasons. He says the best value for the Bengals was Carl Lawson, drafted outside the top 100, writes Brugler. Lawson hasn't proven himself to be a consistent pass rush threat, but his flashes make him a terrific value based on where he was drafted. So, again, if if there's no injuries here, this is a no-brainer, right? Carl Lawson might be on a totally different career trajectory if he didn't have to spend a year rehabbing. Now, James, here's the part you are going to disagree with. He says the biggest miss is John Ross. Here's what he said. Having 49 catches for 716 yards and 10 touchdowns in one season is average for a top 10 pick, but forget one season. Those stats are what Ross has compiled in his three years in the NFL. He showed improvement in year three and could change the narrative this season with Joe Burrow at the helm.
0: I don't disagree with it. He is the biggest mess so far. Uh, it's you can't deny it. Now, are there reasons behind it? Do I, you know, are there reasons to be optimistic about his future? And Brugler notes uh, with Joe Burrow in town, maybe things will change for John Ross. But he has been injury injury prone, and and, and that has really derailed what I thought was a a really high end player. I mean, you look back at that his red shirt junior year at Washington, and there's a reason he went ninth and. Uh, here's what I would say. And I said this at the time, there's a couple things. This is always going to be known for some Bengals fans. And and maybe this goes away if Burrow works out, but this is going to be known as the, we picked John Ross when we could have had Pat Patrick Mahomes draft, but the Bengals were never in on quarterback. They they were never going to pick Deshaun Watson or any of these guys, Patrick Mahomes ninth overall. They just, they weren't willing to do it. They thought Andy was still their guy at this moment in time. So they wanted to give uh, and put weapons around him. And so that's what they tried to do. And so I I thought the logic was sound. If you're sticking with Andy Dalton and and obviously due to injuries and Marvin Lewis and a bunch of different things, uh, John Ross hasn't panned out so far.
2: I think it's due to sticking with Andy Dalton. You know, (laughs) I mean, I think that, yeah, maybe if if that's the choice you're making, you can look back at the pick and say, okay, I get it. But that's not a choice that they should have been making. And I think that's the sticking point for Bengals fans. That's the sticking point for me. You could have taken any of the quarterbacks that went in the next three picks and the Bengals franchise looks different than now picking second overall. And like you said, if Joe Burrow works out, hey, like like Brugler says, that might change the narrative on Ross, certainly might change the narrative for the Bengals.
0: And overall, I, I look at this draft and, and Joe Mixon was the Bengals' second-ranked running back on their board. It was Leonard Fournette and then Joe Mixon. And they got him 48th overall, and we know why, but he's been a, a great player uh, off the field too, right? He's been really good on the field, but great off the field, hasn't gotten into any trouble or anything like that. And so I, I look at this, and if you flip him and you put Joe Mixon ninth, which is where his talent was, he was just never going to go that high because of the, the off the field and the character concerns, and John Ross at 48 you feel a little different. So I, I would say that the Bengals, the way they looked at this draft, I think they got potentially three first-round talents in Ross Mixon and Lawson, but because of injuries or, or off-the-field stuff, that they fell later in the draft. And so overall, I, I like what they did in this draft, even though, to your point, and I think a lot of Bengals fans' points, they should have addressed quarterback in this draft and things would have been much, much different.
2: Hindsight is twenty-twenty, of course. Although there were people saying the Bengals should be looking at quarterback at the time, there's nothing to be done about history. Before we continue with the last part of the show, the Lockdown Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice, and that's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. In the month of June, Lockdown is matching the total of all of our host donations up to an additional $10,000. If you'd like to make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash matter. Coming up next, we touch on DJ Reader and the Nick Eason comments about his potential expanded role in Cincinnati. And maybe you're taking an expanded role at home, too. Maybe you're starting to do your own car repairs. Maybe you've always done your own vehicle repairs, and maybe you're sick of chain stores that have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus do-it-yourselfers. Well, we have got the solution for you and it's rockauto.com where the prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. Always the lowest prices on rockauto.com rather than changing prices based on the market like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody. Doesn't require membership. You don't even have to log in but they'll have what you need for your vehicle.
0: They ship auto parts and other parts for your car, body parts and things like that, from over 300 manufacturers to your door and customers' doors worldwide, all at warehouse prices. It's simple, it's easy, takes a couple of clicks. You can find that part, whether it's a a filter, whether you want to change your oil, whether you need a new headlight or anything in between, rockauto.com is the place to go.
2: It's a family business, and if you do check out rockauto.com, make sure you write in locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us section so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: Let's keep things rolling here on the Locked On Bengals podcast. And and Jake, you teased it before. uh, DJ Reader is uh, obviously the Bengals' prized free agent acquisition. They signed him to a four-year, $53 million deal this offseason. And who would have thought this, Jake? But DJ Reader has shed about 20 pounds. He weighs 320 now, and he's in the best shape of his life. DJ Reader lost uh, 5.8% of his
2: body weight. I know those are the stats that you come to this podcast for, dear listener. And uh, for me, that's a much smaller number than 20. I think for for most of us, that's a much smaller number than 20. (laughs) DJ Reader's a very large person. But he talked about wanting to lose the weight to maybe prepare to play more snaps, maybe add a little bit of quickness. Nick Easton, the Bengals defensive line coach, kind of made the comment of carry a 20 pound weight on your back, then take it off and see how much of a difference you feel. Of course, when you do that in a limited, small setting, you're going to notice that a lot more than when you lose that weight gradually. But he's still a big guy. And, you know, Easton says he could still lose 20 pounds and still be bigger than almost everybody else being 300 pounds. He's just doing what he can, said Easton to be a better player and being more elusive and quicker. And the most interesting thing about all this isn't the weight loss, right? Because this is a time of year where you hear he's in the best shape of his life. He's in the best shape of his life, especially in baseball, but to a lesser extent in football, where players do actually have some weight issues pretty routinely. DJ Reader, not one of those players. And preparing for an expanded role, that's what's interesting about this. He was, for the most part, a nose tackle in Houston. We talked about that he did have some position versatility, but for the most part, he only had increased activity in Houston because of other injuries that forced him to stay on the field, and he made the most of that. He was productive as a pass rusher, more than he ever had been, and more than you would expect for a nose tackle of his size, but expanding that further in Cincinnati is appealing.
0: It is because when you invest top dollar in a player like Reader, you don't want him to just bolster your your run defense. You need him to be a, a difference maker up front. And the the reason you go after him and you go after a guy like this versus drafting uh, a nose tackle or drafting someone next to Geno Actons, you want to do two things here. One, get a guy that's going to help in the AFC North and be a primetime player of his own. But you you also hope that Reader's presence – just gives Geno Atkins a, a new lease on life, right? The, the same Geno Atkins that, yes, he went to the Pro Bowl last year. He also had to play the most snaps of his career. That can't happen again. So they have to be better against the run. Reader helps with that. Uh, and and I, I think that the, the fact that they're expanding his role, Jake, also points to the fact that this was a very calculated season plan by the Bengals. They didn't just spend money to spend money. And Reader was one of their top targets for a reason uh, because they had a plan for him and they would expand his role. And, and they think that he could benefit the defense in so many ways. So uh, I'm happy to hear this, by the way. I don't know if I said it at the top. This was Bengals.com, uh with Jeff Hobson. But I, I am happy to hear that they, they have bigger plans for Reader than, than just putting him there in the middle and hoping that he stops the run.
2: I think you make a really great point about the calculatedness of this move. The fact that there was a specific plan for DJ reader. Eason told Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com. He's going to be involved in our sub packages and every package we have, his role is going to be expanded. His role is going to be more than it was in Houston. Hobson goes on to write about snap counts. He says the most snaps readers played in four seasons is 638, 60% of the Texans load in 2018 in 2019, he played 621 snaps, which was, again, 58%, so right in that 60% ballpark. In 2019, Geno Atkins took 75% of the Bengals' defensive snaps. Sam Hubbard took 80%, and Carlos Dunlap took 70%, even though he took two games off with a knee injury. So you have DJ Reader coming in here, and there are a few impacts that the Bengals are looking for. One... Obviously, you have the additional rotational piece to ease off the impact of your other every down defensive lineman. The other is, well, maybe DJ Reader gets you off the field. Maybe when you're not dead last against the run anymore, you're not taking as many snaps. And that's a point Nick Eason made that I appreciated. DJ Reader will contribute to getting the defense off the field in in ways that, only a dominant nose tackle can. And so in that sense, talking about how this is a calculated targeted move, that's another reason it makes sense.
0: It does. It, and it's the more, I say this a lot about Joe Burrow, but the more I learn about the Bengals decision making this offseason, season, the, the better I feel about it. And that doesn't mean it's all going to work out. And it doesn't mean I loved every move, but DJ reader is a guy that you hope with an expanded role burst onto the pro bowl scene. You hope two years from now and and not pro bowl because of multiple guys aren't there or anything. You you hope he develops into one of the high end defensive tackles in the game. And and, and we'll see if that can happen. And they certainly feel like he has untapped potential, which is why they paid him what they did or committed, you know, $53 million to him and, and which is why they're expanding his role. So, I like it a lot. I think it makes a ton of sense. And then the other thing here, Jake, in the AFC North, when you're going up against Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and then, you you know, you you look at Baltimore and what they have and J.K. Dobbins, who they just drafted, Mark Ingram, obviously Lamar Jackson in that rushing attack. It's tough. It's extremely tough. And we know how well Pittsburgh has ran the ball over the years, even though I'm not sure James Conner is that guy. We'll see. It's uh, it's something that the Bengals have to do is be good up front because it's going to make life so much easier on the linebackers. And, and, and in this game, in this division, stopping the run is just so, so important. And it was something that they could not do. They couldn't tackle. They couldn't stop the run last year. And that has to change in 2020 and beyond.
2: DJ Reader should control the point of attack. He should control double teams. He should improve the ability for linebackers to get to the ball at the point of attack we'll see if cutting carbs is the reason for that with dj reader coming in potentially 20 pounds lighter and eating more vegetables james
0: he needs built bar you know what we're gonna have to have our people call dj readers people and you know veggies are great and i'm not saying you shouldn't eat vegetables but if he's gonna maintain this weight and be performing at the best level he can he's gonna have to get some built bars in his life
2: Again, I think built bars are great for the normal person, but when you're an NFL player and you can afford a personal chef and dietitian, I think I think that's the way I would go if I had unlimited resources. I'm just saying, that's just me. We'll be back Wednesday Bengals fans Wrong. with John Sheeran to talk about his piece on rookie expectations for Joe Burrow. He did a lot of work doing some research and putting together some very interesting statistics for rookies in their first year starting so that will be Wednesday until then Bengals fans who day and have a good one
1: is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy either way join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast